Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the June 25th episode, and we are jumping right in. We are still in Psalms and Deuteronomy and Isaiah. Uh, starting in Deuteronomy 24. 24. Oh, you know what I loved is in chapter 25. So last time we read this section before we studied Ruth. And I liked that we were, that we got to read this section mm-hmm. now after having studied Ruth chapter 25 is about, um, if the man doesn't want to marry his sister-in-law, she used to go to the elders in the city gate and say, my brother-in-law refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He isn't willing to perform the duty of a brother-in-law for me. The elders of his city will summon him and speak with him. If he persists and says, I don't want to marry her, then his sister-in-law will go up to him in the sight of the elders, remove his sandal from his foot and spit in his face. Then she will declare, this is what is done to a man who will not build up his brother's house. I don't think Boaz actually was this kind of, um, Redeemer. A different kind of redeemer. Yeah, yeah, he was a distant relative, so he mm-hmm. had no obligation to redeem her. But I like that it it just gives you a picture of what the obligation is, and it helps. Right. Kind of, like if you were to study Tamar's story, it would give you some understanding of what was going on with Tamar and Jacob and all of that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there was another section. It may have been in twenty four. Mm-hmm. At the end of twenty four, where he sets up, and we've talked about this in this isn't the first time I think we're seeing it, but where he sets up opportunity for people to come in and glean behind the yes. field workers i i automatically thought of ruth too yes and if it if you drop a sheaf leave it a sheaf yep. of wheat would have been a lot of wheat it was yeah it just is like he's all about leaving in abundance there mm-hmm. should there will always be enough for everybody mm-hmm. i love that this is one of my favorite parts about deuteronomy is the way that it's just his justice for everybody is set up here mm-hmm Combined with reading Isaiah right now, I think the fact that he's, he's like, I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about any of this stuff. I'm going to take care of you. If you follow my, if you follow my rules and my laws and you love me, I'm going to take care of you. Yes. And he does it in supernatural ways, but he also like in the way he just sets up their society, he does it. He, Mm -hmm. He can see the way he cares for them in that too. Yeah. And I would say that that really just summarizes all of what we read in um, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy here is just in 28. Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord, your God, and are careful to follow all his commands, I'm giving you today, the Lord, your God will put your far above all the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord, your God. I love the idea of blessings will come and overtake mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and then it, just a few verses later under verse Nine, it says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you bear the Lord's name and they will stand in awe of you just over and over again, that, um, this is a covenant. That's an exchange. Like you follow me and there will be blessings. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, hello there. We're so glad you're following along with us on the recap. We wanted to invite you to study Jacob with us this summer. We have been going through the book of Genesis this year, and our next eight-week study is on the life of Jacob. 
We'll be meeting all of June and July on Tuesdays live. Or you can join the network and get all of our previous studies for free via podcast. No matter what, we're just glad that you're joining us in the Word of God. Now, let's get back to the recap. 28 is not a fun chapter to read because it's basically the curses yeah. that will happen. Um, but yes. then but then 29 and 30. And it, I, I noticed it when we were reading Isaiah too, like that's how he sets up the, he sets up the covenant and he says, these are all the blessings that I like, I want to give you when you obey me. If you don't obey, this is what's going to happen. But then in 30, you see it again. He's like, but I'm going to restore everything that you lost yes. and I'm going to have compassion and I'm going to bring you back. Yes, um, you're right. 28 was atrocious. Ten, 28 yeah. like eating their children. It's Yes, it's, it's so bad. So bad. And I think in Isaiah it confirms it. I think I had I think I had a thought that I was like, does do they get do they actually like I knew that this country had overtaken them, but I w- didn't know that they had gone through like famine or starvation and Isaiah actually does say that that it was there was famine in the land and Yeah. All One of the times when someone's taking them and they're it gets really bad in the city. Yeah. And that kind of stuff starts to happen. I loved in, in 30, mm-hmm. that section that you read, mine says spread out beyond you. God's blessing. Yours was like a, an overabundant overtake you. Yeah. That's the kind of language I thought of 30 when you were talking about that. Cause it's about like God's compassion, just being completely overwhelming. I mean, so much above and beyond what they deserved or expected or um, and then in verse six and seven, God will cut away the thick calluses on your heart and your children's hearts, freeing you to love God with your whole heart and soul and live really live Mm. and outdo. Yeah. That's the wording. He'll outdo himself in making things go well for you. And then at the end of verse, I think it's verse nine. It says, yes, God will start enjoying you again making things go well for you, just as he enjoyed doing it for your ancestors. And it just made me think of just that idea again, that God takes delight in his people and that this is what his desire for his people is joy and that mutual enjoyment, both ways following him. And I wonder what the actual word is, because it says, indeed, the Lord will again delight in your prosperity as he delighted in that of your father's. I like that thought too, that he mm-hmm. enjoys it when we, he wants, he desires for us to prosper. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those like dangerous. Oh, she's prosperity gospel. No, like it's true. He wants us to prosper. Like he mm-hmm. wants us to be, he wants us to flourish. And from that flourishing for all of the nations to be blessed through us. Mm. But yeah, that he wants that, that he delights in it. That's the word that they chose, which I think is what you're, mm-hmm. the Lord will again, delight in your prosperity as he delighted in that of your fathers. Okay. So this part, actually, I, when I was reading, I had people that needed breakfast. And so I was like, I'm just going to play chapter 30. Like I'll just listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I got partway through it and I went back because there was so much that I wanted to mark up in 30, but listening to the guy read it from the message, this section is, this is when I was like, I paused it and went back to my Bible starting in verse 10, I think. Uh Nothing half-hearted. Yes. The whole thing. Mm -hmm. If you listen obediently to God and keep the commandments and regulations. Yes, there it is. (laughs) Keep the commandments and regulations written in the book of revelation. Nothing half-hearted here. You must return to God, your God, totally heart and soul, hold nothing back. 
But then this part, this commandment that I'm commanding you today isn't too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. And it's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it, bring it back, and then explain it before you can live it. No, the word is right here and now, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest, just do it. And it like that, it's beautiful. It caught my attention because I was like, wow, but it's also really, really sobering and ties so much into Psalms, the Psalms that we read this week and Mm -hmm. Isaiah, like God's laid it all out for us. Our job is to follow hard after him and just do it. Choose. I'm laying out life and death. Choose. Yes. What do you want? Because it's not, it's just a choice. It's right before you. You don't have yeah. to, it's not. And when you think about that in contrast to the pagan nations around them, like their entire life was about trying to figure out what the gods wanted. Like they were right. trying, they were trying. Yeah, there was to, no clarity. Yeah. They were trying to please the gods with their sacrifices without any word from them about what they wanted or what would please them. And God mm-hmm. is like, I've brought it right here. You don't have to go worship on a high mountain mm-hmm. and you don't have to sacrifice your kids to find out. Like I've given it to you plain as day, choose yes or no. That's kind of cool to think about. Like even those pagan, all of those pagan nations, if they had known what their gods wanted, would they have followed it? Hmm. No, because we knew and we didn't follow it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> All the work that we go through that we think because we're like trying to please God. And then in the end, he gives it to us plain as day. And we still we still don't do it. Yeah, who we are. So we go to Isaiah next or Psalms. All right, let's do Psalm 114 is where we started. Yes. Again, I'm not marking a lot. That's why I don't talk about the Psalms very much, because I'm really just trying to like pray them, meditate on them. There's so much in Psalms that supports the God that we meet in Deuteronomy and Isaiah, you know what I mean? Like this is David and other people too, but writing poetry that backs up this character of God that we're getting to know. And so like, that's what stands out to me as I read through it quickly is just like little snippets and phrases that Mm. I'm like, yeah, this was, I mean, David is a few generations. I mean, quite a few generations after the law, but like, it's so, He's living that he's living it and he's observing the way God has worked with his people. And it's just another affirmation, I guess, of what God is like because of, because we're seeing it in all these places and it's just in a different way. It all blends together. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 115 verse 16, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. Oh, okay. I haven't listened to my podcasts this week, but there, that made me think of something that one of the Bible project guys said in one of the podcasts I was listening to about the fact that I think sometimes maybe we downplay the authority that God's given us on earth or responsibility he's given us to rule the earth other and the earth. Yeah. 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 I, but that, I noticed that phrase too. It was interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't, I must have read it a couple of days ago because yesterday I was driving down the road and everything just seemed more, everything seems super spiritual and really intense right now. I was driving down the road and you could see Mount Hood like it, like you could touch it. And um, on the other side of the road were the Olympic Mountains. And he created that mountain for me to look at and enjoy. He created it for us. Like that's, he put it there knowing that I was going to look at it and go, thanks God 
for that mountain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Thank you that you gave me this, this incredible view to look at just for me, like mm-hmm. not just for me, but you know what I mean? Like this, it feels it, personal. It's for me for this moment, just yeah. like it's for whoever at their moment, but mm-hmm. it is super personal. And when you read that, like the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. It's like, and you read the creation story and he did, he created it for us. He created mm-hmm. the whole thing was for us to enjoy. For us to enjoy. And then I think, so like the beginning of Psalm 115 almost is the opposite of that. It's again, one of those things that it's both. So not for our sake, God, not for our sake, but for your name's sake, show your glory, do it on account of your merciful, merciful love, do it on account of your faithful ways. So none of the nations can say, where is their God? So that makes, it's like he did it. He created it for us to enjoy, but also for his glory to be made known. And those two things are all wrapped up in each other. Yeah, too. they can't, you can't have one without you the can't other. can't separate them, right. I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. Okay, well, Psalm 118. Mm-hmm. So I thought of you, of course, because I always think of you when it's wide open spaces. But this version says, push to the wall, I called, I called to God. And from the wide open spaces, he answered me. And that made me like, that's such a visual an accurate visual picture of what it feels to be stuck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like pushed to the wall, like I've got nowhere else to go. And God's like, Hey, I'm over here. Like come yes. join me over here. Yes. And he picks us up. That's it. What, I don't know what Psalm that is, but where he picks us up and he, he said, I, he pulled me out of my Mary pit and yes, set my feet, set on, my feet rock, on a rock in a wide open space. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Psalm 118. I was right on the cliff edge, ready to fall when God grabbed me and held me. God's my strength. He's also my song. And now he's my salvation. Mm. Psalm 19 is just all about the beautiful, the beauty of his word, mm-hmm. and his commands, which I think, like I said, just goes perfectly with, with Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I loved is in verse 18, open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. Like he has to open our eyes in order for us to go ahead. Yes. No, keep going. I'm just, yeah. I'm right there with you. And then um, right after that, he says, I'm a resident alien on earth. Do not hide your commands for me. That just that recognition that like I am I don't belong here. And yet this is what I, all I can see is what's on my earth on earth and what's before me, unless you open my eyes to see Mm -hmm. the beauty of your word, unless you open my eyes. And I like that. He says, so that I may contemplate wondrous things. Like it's not. um, And I think that's the point of like, when we read his word, like we read his word, but like, we should be walking like, and I think you said this last week, I don't know if I included it, but you were talking about like, I like to read it in, in these smaller pieces, because then I can go, I go and I like chew on it. Mm-hmm. It lets me chew on it a little bit longer. And I like that because that is exactly what this is about. It's like when you, when you understand his commands, when he opens your eyes to something. And I think he often does that in smaller sections. Sometimes when I feel like I've read too much, like that, it's just almost, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, I mean, I shouldn't say that because there are other, I mean, just every week there's been something that I'm like, this is the, like this yeah. is the thing. And I'm still chewing on it this week from something three or four weeks before, mm-hmm. but that's what it's for is that contemplation of the thing that he opens your eyes to that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, then 38 reminds me of our study in Genesis. 
confirm what you said to your servant for it produces reverence for you. It makes me think of Jacob where he's like, okay, he comes to the, God meets him with his head on this rock and gives him this vision. And he was like, okay, when you bring me back, when you here, do this, you'll mm-hmm. be my God. And it's like that, that's that whole idea is like, if when you confirm, you've said it, confirm it and it will produce reverence for you, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're going to see happen with Jacob. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite things about God is that he asks us to trust him, but then he gives us reasons to trust him. Yeah. It's not this like, yeah, it's not just this like blind over and over. He gives us reasons to trust him Mm -hmm. and proves that he's trustworthy. Yes. Is anything else from Psalm 119 or from Psalms in general? Oh, okay. This was cool. The, this is the last thing, I think. It's towards the end of what we read this week, starting in verse 89. Um, what you say goes, God, and stays as permanent as the heavens. Your truth never goes out of fashion. It's as up-to-date as the earth when the sun comes up. Your word and your truth are dependable as ever. Just that, like reading that after reading. What verse is that? It's verse 89, starting in verse 89. Okay. I think sometimes not as much now because I've, I've read it more and I'm more familiar with the big picture, but reading things like Deuteronomy and Leviticus and the law, it feels out of date. It feels not relevant. You know what I mean? But being able to see how God works a little bit and the big picture of the whole thing confirms this, that it doesn't go out of date. Like it's, it's still relevant now in a different way than it was relevant then, but it's, it's still revealing God and his character. And I, we talked about this last year, but just in light of what you're saying right now, I think that this, I, I, I think we're right in the middle of what is it? 89. Yeah. Is the, oh, that's crazy. 176 is how many verses there are. You're talking about 189 and 90. We're literally right in the middle of Psalm 119, which is literally right in the middle of the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a graph that came out last year that was going to go on around Facebook that showed how every verse, how there's just a rainbow of like the thousands of references from, and how they're all connected, the cross references interconnect with Psalm 119 being right in the middle and all of the cross reference they're the most, what was it? But in any case, like Psalm 119 is all about the word. It's all about the mm-hmm. word of God. We're reading and everything goes back to it. Yes. And everything goes back to it. Well, I'm trying to think of, I wish I could, I had the graph because there's something significant about 119 and it might just be the fact that it is about the word. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. God's it's so, um, that's so God. Mm-hmm. It stands yep. forever. Applicable to every generation. Yes. I want to find that graph. I can picture it, what it yeah. looked like, but I didn't it's like, like a rainbow into it over at the all. Bible. Yeah. Okay. Isaiah? Isaiah. Isaiah mm. 51. Okay. So Isaiah 53 is talking about Jesus, but he's writing in past tense. Hmm. And I was so, con- this is, technical and pro- it just made me think why why is he 
why is he talking about this like it's already happened? I love that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's. I mean, God I, does not operate in the same time as ours. And it yeah. was his plan all along. Like it yeah. actually says that in verse 10, it's what God had in mind all along to yeah. crush him with pain, that Jesus would be the one to take this. So I, so in that sense, I guess it can be past tense because even though well, it hasn't. The, well, then it's future tense in verse 10. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him, was pleased to crush him severely when you make him a guilt offering. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days. And by and his hand, the Lord's mm-hmm. pleasure will be accomplished mm-hmm. after his anguish. I mean, that just screams of the, our eternal God. Yes. It screams of our God that operates outside of time. This had yeah. already been accomplished. Right. In because God's in his mind, mind it yes, it's already accomplished in his mind because that's been the plan all along. Yes. Yeah. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, and he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Mm. Like that's, we are his spoil. Mm-hmm. We are his portion. I will give him the many as his portion. Where are you? Sorry, that's the end of 53, verse 12. Mm. I wonder what Isaiah thought of all of this. You know what I mean? Like God, like Isaiah was his spokesperson. So God's telling, this is Isaiah speaking on behalf of God, but how much like was Isaiah, like, who are you talking about God? Because I don't remember this happening ever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just how much like, well, we were just talking a minute ago about how God doesn't ask us to trust him blindly. He gives us reasons to trust him. And yet there are lots of times we see the prophets doing things that God calls them to do that really like it's blind trust. Yeah. I mean, he shows them he may, he's trustworthy. They know he's trustworthy, but there's so much that they do that they don't understand. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and yet they're like, okay, whatever you say, I'll be your spokesperson. Yes. So Isaiah 54 so the beginning of 54, if you know anybody who's having trouble or has had trouble having kids, this is one of the things that is really beautiful for us to hold on to for hope. Not necessarily something to say to somebody that's going through it, but like, it's like a, it's true. And it's a good reminder to keep, to hold the hope when somebody else can't, but rejoice childless one who did not give birth, burst into song and shout you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married woman. Enlarge the side of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and inhabit the desolate cities. Like the way that God sees fruitfulness is totally different than the way that Mm -hmm. we see it. And he, and then you add that to, so he's talking to the desolate woman here. And then you go over here to. Isaiah 56. Now we're talking to men who don't have children, men who grow, men who are eunuchs. So this would be for somebody like Gregory Coles, who's a single gay Christian. Like he's, this is what he says to him. This is so beautiful. The Lord will exclude 
No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch, which is how Gregory Cole, this is why I'm comparing it, because Gregory Cole's kind of con- considers, he sort of considers he himself a eunuch. Himself that way, yeah. yeah. Where said, are you exactly in 56? In verse 3. Okay. It starts in verse 3 and says, and the eunuch should not say, look, I am a dried up tree. For the Lord says this, for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. Hmm. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. And it goes on and it's just yeah. so good. It's so good. Just both of those ideas, like God is saying in Isaiah, like my economy is not your economy. My ways are higher than your ways. Yes, that's in here 55. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that must be it. I don't think the way you think, the way you work isn't the way I work. Mm-hmm. As the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Yes. And then again, the theme of he will accomplish it is in Mm -hmm. 55 as well, starting in verse 10. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And then like the rest of that section, it continues on and says, so you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole, a complete life. So just like God's going to do all of that stuff. He's going to do all of it and it's going to end in redemption. Yes. That's yeah. what like this whole section was about. He's, He's making things right. That showed up again a couple of times. I can't find it, but. I was going to ask what you thought of. I really liked this part in verse 54, verse nine. Having studied Noah, for this is like the days of Noah to me when I swore that the water of Noah would never flood the earth again. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. Though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says your compassionate Lord. That's enough right there. Like that's like, that's enough that my God is never going to be angry, never Mm -hmm. angry with me. He's never going to rebuke me. Like I'm living in complete and total freedom from any condemnation from my God completely. There's nothing that I can do. Oh, like I was, I read that and I was like, that's. Yes. So, and the section right before that, this is actually, this is something I was thinking when I read it, I thought about the conversation that we had about God. It's not discipline, but like, I forget the way you see it. Like he doesn't, like he doesn't hurt his people or shame his people. Or, do you remember when we were talking about that? Well, two things like there's, he doesn't shame us, but also that like he does, he doesn't pour out his wrath on us. That's like, what I'm trying to. Yes. Yeah. So Verses seven and eight, your redeemer, God says, I left you, but only for a moment, which is hard to swallow because God's like, I'm not going to forsake you. Mm. I left you, but only for a moment now with enormous compassion, I'm bringing you back in an outburst of anger. I turn my back on you, but only for a moment. It's with lasting love that I'm tenderly caring for you, which makes sense. Like if, as you read it into the Noah portion, yeah, right after that, like that was God, God was like. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. He's talking about what he's doing, what he's going to do. I think, I think what he's talking about is what he's going to do to Israel through their exile. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and so then and the then promise bring, yeah. after he brings them back is now we're done. It's done. Yeah. Like, yes. He's going to bring well, them and- back and he's never going to do that again. It's going to be through Christ that he just brings it all. Yep. I have nothing else, but man, that's so good that, mm-hmm. I mean, that I could just land there. Yeah. I would, especially having studied Noah, where you look at like that prom, like he hung his bow in the sky. Like he just hung it up and it's like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done for good. I will never do this again. Like he's like, he's saying, I will never be angry with you again. Like that's so powerful. And we do not live that way as so many Christians do not understand that that's, that is not who God is toward us anymore. Like they're living, like they're having to earn his favor and they have to Mm -hmm. stay out of his wrath. And that's, Mm -hmm. oh, we have such a different message. Who would accept that gospel? That's not even good news. Right. Yeah. That's not even good news. This is good news. Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week.